Welcome to a football show Monday edition here on the 440 Sports Network. His name is Zach Lyons. My name is Braden Gall. We are brought to you by two locally owned businesses here in Nashville. Sinkers, of course. Sinkers Beverages, location in East Nashville. They also have Bluegrass up at Hendersonville and the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Make sure you sign up at Sinkers. When you go in there, make sure you sign up for the in-crowd. Lots of cool stuff we're going to tell you about. Uh, what that offers you if you sign up uh, in just a little bit. Um, all right, so this is a time of year, Zach, where there are just like listicles everywhere on the internet, especially in college football for college football fans. And I think there needs to be sort of like a PSA, a bit of a, like here's how you're supposed to do rankings. And I don't think people understand this in college football. So we're going to address that a little so bit. So you're, you're going you're gonna to Braden explain yep. SEC rankings. Yep. Well, to the entire internet, actually. Um, I I think what happens is people get too caught up in... It's not that big of a deal. I just think people get too caught up in recency bias when it comes to college football rankings. And we're going to have... I tried to tell people last year about UT and nobody wanted to listen to Well, and and, and we've got Texas and Oklahoma that are about to join. And so you're going to see rankings everywhere on the internet this time of year. You know, best quarterbacks, best programs, best jobs. So I thought, let's have a conversation about what makes a program a great program in college football. I don't think that's I don't think that's uh, Braden explaining as much as it is. Maybe well, you thoughtful. you put it as how to properly rank the SEC programs, yeah. which is the very definition of Braden explaining. <laughs> well, it's because I know more about college football than everybody else. All uh, right, Braden explaining. <laughs> um, and and listen, if I'd like to be uh, salary cap explained or uh, you know that's escrow, educational escrow account explained, and then I'll just check out stackingtheinbox.com where I'll be educated. Not yes. explained to educate. I feel, I feel that the people that are writing now for Sports Illustrated, they put out an article today uh, saying that the Titans are in salary cap trouble, and they threw out a bunch of numbers that were all completely wrong and all misinformed. So <laughs> good job uh, firing Glennon and Beauclair and hiring these guys. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, they, there were a couple of, of actual, There were a couple of actual transactions for you Titans fans that I know Zach yes. is very aroused by. In fact, uh, Mike Herndon on Football and Other Efforts, a show you should listen to every yes. single week. Uh, I believe one of the new signings, like I think the phrase was possibly orgasmic from Mike yeah. Herndon, I believe was the phrase. So we'll explain those. I, I'm just turned on by the thought that Jeff Swaim is no longer going to be on this team. No, the football and other efforts was uh, it was it was very erotic when they were discussing yes. this one this one addition to the team. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, sportsmanship, of course, is in the news, and and all the the pearl clutching is happening. And uh, we'll by, get to, by we'll, the people who have coined the term pearl cl- clutchers and brought oh, it popular. Uh, I I feel like <laughs> we'll get into it, but if Clay Travis <laughs> and Dave Portnoy are on the same side of a subject. I want to be as far away from that side of the subject as possible. Well, I believe one of those two spent the entire last month uh, degrading the women's basketball tournament yeah. only to turn around and get clicks off of it. Um, so that, that's some of the stuff that's coming coming on the show today. Yeah. We're going to start with the big trade rumors because there are now rumors swirling about basically every team in the NFL, but again, about the Titans trading up. Uh, I believe Daniel Jeremiah, of course, so we'll get into that here momentarily. I, I do want you some, at some point throughout this conversation because there was a rumor about Trey Lance last week. I know you guys talked about it on F-Words being a possibility as a trade partner for the Titans. Well, don't talk about that because PK will come and uh, sh- be Twitter sh- Titans Twitter sheriff in your mentions. <laughs> well, that, he does play that role. That, that's He's yeah. self 
It's so the, it's the worst role that any grown man can play, and it's an utterly and he fits the bill perfectly because it's utterly ridiculous. He does he does enjoy it. Listen to the um, Paul Karski podcast part of the four forty. <laughs> um, I do want here's I'm an what equal I want. Opportunity hater. That's why I uh, love trash that, talking. Well, you'll talk shit right to my face on the show, so I don't you know whatever. Um, I I think what's interesting, and that it's not even just Titans rumors. Like I want to know because there's so many bullet points here, and we can got we can get right into it. By the way, uh, please jump into the comments if you have any questions or comments or want to chime in about any of these topics. Please come I've on with us. To talk about the subject for a third time, by the way. Yeah, we started this trade to the number three like weeks ago on the and, show. And I brought up what everybody's writing about and talking about today. I brought up five fucking days ago, March 29th. I brought this up. This is not new news. The local media needs to fucking catch up to football and other F-words, and they should turn on notifications. I've been trying to get you to turn on notifications. I, you I should turn on notifications because then you wouldn't all be fucking late Larrys to the conversation. God, I would... Uh, I would Fuck. also point out that a football show was right there alongside F words. Uh, both yeah, of us earlier, way we earlier. were like, we were like, hey, maybe, maybe now's the time to go up to three if you're convicted on Richardson. So we'll get into all that. But I also, there's, it's not even just Titans rumors, Zach. It's, it's there's Texans rumors, there's Colts rumors, there's there's Levis rumors. They're all rumors that we brought up because what did I say a couple months ago? I said there's a good, and you agreed because of the way that uh, to build a team. Is that if the Texans aren't that strong, don't have a strong feeling about CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever may be there at number two, why draft a quarterback? Why force the issue at number two just because you need a quarterback? That's especially when you have two first round picks next year. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is, but will you also have a pick at 12? <laughs> right. That you could use to, to move up to seven or nine or 11 or take somebody at 12. Like I've seen some mocks with Will Levis <laughs> out of the first round altogether, which you've been saying for a while. <laughs> I know. And Richardson, I saw one with Richardson falling to 20, which I think is not going to happen. But yeah. uh, let, I, I just want to start with just let's hype. Let's start this conversation brought to you by Sinkers and the Kingston Group, of course, two locally owned uh, sponsors here in Nashville. We'll tell you more about them because there's some cool draft stuff coming from Sinkers. Um, I, I just let's say hypothetically, this is what they want to do. And they're going to and this is the plan. I want to. I want you to sort of give me the pros and cons of doing it before, doing it early, doing it now, waiting Ooh. till maybe waiting till like draft night, waiting till they're on the the Colts or the uh, Cardinals are on the clock. What are some of the? Because like obviously, if you trade today, that gives you a chance to then maybe trade back if you want. Hypothetically, I'm not sure why necessarily you'd do that. Yeah. But but give me some of the pros and cons to doing it now, to getting yourself into that three slot versus waiting until you know Arizona's on the clock. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I have I go back and forth in my head. What's going to cost you more? Is it costing you more to trade now or going to cost you more if you trade not of the draft? It almost seems like there's I don't know if there's a cost benefit to you to waiting, I guess I should say. Right. I mean, is could, there a cost benefit you, to waiting? Could you could you conceivably think that Arizona doesn't really love its pick there, which is why they're interested in trading in the first place. Right. See, they're already interested in it, though. And, you know and what I'm saying? yeah, but that but then they're up against the like they're desperate at that point to trade the pick. So maybe you can get. like. Are they, though? Like, less. are 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 they desperate? But then you got probably other. OK, let's say that CJ Stroud or Bryce Young that falls to three. Now you're in a real bind, right? If you're yep. you, the Arizona's got it all figured out, like it's almost. I feel like you're going to have to give up this first and two more first regardless because that's what the San Francisco 49ers did to get Trey Lance. So it's like, is it the difference of maybe a third-round pick thrown in that? 
if you wait or don't wait, like, I don't know, because, you know, they did trade in a compensatory third round pick as well, but the Titans don't have that. So I, it's just a little different for me. I don't, I don't know if there's a real true cost benefit. Now there may be a benefit of waiting for the Tennessee Titans that if they're not sold on all three quarterbacks or not sold on all two quarterbacks and Will Anderson, then maybe it's better for them in that sense. But I don't think there's a cost benefit. I think that's kind of what I was going to say is if you trust all three and you love all three quarterbacks and that's the reason you're trading up is to go get a quarterback, then then make the move. And if you and, and t- eat the cost now, because then you can always move back if you if, if you get wet, cold feet on Anthony Richardson or, you know, we know they like C.J. Stroud. Let's say it's Bryce Young that falls and they don't really love Bryce Young as much as we expected. I mean, I, that, that would be stupid. But like if, if you're on the clock. And you don't have the guy you love, then you certainly could. Move. I'm assuming the Raiders might be interested, or, or somebody else might be interested, yeah. and then you can then you, maybe you can recoup some stuff because it's in the heat of the moment. I, I I find it interesting that if you believe in a quarterback, and you've said this all along, and I agree with you to go up and get it. Now let me ask you this, and I want you to. There's a lot of rumors, and it's and it's sort of like here's why some of these rumors can come out, and certainly Daniel Jeremiah is well sourced, but he says. Like, let's be let's be clear as to why this maybe is happening right now. Let's just float some stuff out there that are just facts, not innuendo or reporting, just facts. They just had a Florida Pro Day and just met with Anthony Richardson. So that's just a fact. They've all they've met with all four quarterbacks now. That's a fact. The Colts are sitting at number four and they are a division rival who also could want a quarterback. That is a fact. Um, We do. They really believe that all like could Bryce Young or CJ Stroud be there? Um, and trading down, of course, is a value. There's just value in the situation right now. So I want to know from and and Vegas is interested in trading up potentially too. Vegas, Vegas is pretty convinced. I mean, they it has gone a, a pretty crazy about the Titans and how it's shifted. And it's like Titans are now like three to one to draft a quarterback with their first pick, and now their number one quarterback choice would possibly be Anthony Richardson. And that's all that all happened from like Monday to Friday. And I know that it's yep. pretty much stayed the same since then. So it's like they would they became the number two pick on the board to draft Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And my buddy texted me a screenshot this morning, like of his de- of his of his betting app, and he was like, "Whoa, look at this!" And I'm like, "That comes from a rumor that gets floated into the ether by Daniel Jeremiah. It gets floated, and therefore Vegas has to react to people seeing value, even if there's no truth to what's going to happen." So you just it's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. The same thing happened with with Lamar Jackson and, and sort of the betting odds. So I, I, I just how true do you think here's here's what I want you to do on a scale of one Jim Wyatt to five Jim Wyatt's with five Jim Wyatt's being the most accurate. Okay. <laughs> five Jim Wyatt's is the most believable number of Jim Wyatt's you can have. I want to know how realistic this rumor is about the Titans going up to number three to draft a quarterback on a scale of one to five Jim Wyatt's. Okay. You want to know how, if, how, I how guess, real? How real? How is real is the actual rumor that they want to trade up or have inquired about trading up? Yep. Oh, it's a five. <laughs> Elliot says three point six Jim Wyatt's. <laughs> it's 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 a five. It's five Jim Wyatt's. Five Jim Wyatt's. It, yeah, we already know they tried to trade up, and we're in talks for the number one overall pick. So this is just as believable. Okay. Uh, how how many Jim Wyatt's for uh, the Houston Texans are going to pass? on a quarterback at number two. How believable is that? I think it's three Jim Wyatt, Jim Wyatt believable. I, 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 could, I think there is a scenario where a team like the Texans 
who have so many holes to fill on their roster, which they've done an admirable job, but they still got a lot. I mean, they still got to get wide receivers with a plural. <laughs> they got to get many wide receivers. Um, they have all kinds of holes on the defense. They have holes on the offensive line and they have depth issues. I could see a scenario where the Texans, I think there's a possibility the Texans could trade out of two, not with the Titans or the Colts, Ooh. but like with someone like the Raiders. But when you have two first round picks next year, and if you're on your big board, if you think Drake may or any of the other quarterback, Caleb Williams are, are better than Bryce Young, CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson, who all the, who all is ever going to be at number two, then you, there's no sense in forcing one of those quarterbacks onto your team. Because if you believe that you use those two first round picks next year in the same draft to move up to get one of those guys in either the first or the second overall spot, which if you're which not I, already there, which I guess would hinge on your evaluation of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, etc. Tim says, why are we operating like the Texans will do anything reasonable? And it's weird because both you could argue that it is irrational to do both. Like you could say, oh, no, you've got a 12th this year and two first next year. It's irrational to not take Will Anderson. The, the most ga NFL game ready, best overall. Look possible. at how San Francisco has built their with their number one with their first round picks. Look how they built their team in San Francisco. It was all for like the defensive line. It was like yep. defensive lineman, defensive lineman, edge rusher, edge rusher, defensive lineman. And guess who has been in that system and who has rate and who has coached the defense? D'Amico Ryan's. I could totally see them taking Will Anderson. I mean, I could just, I could no, no, see I, it as plain as day. It's funny. I think this is for Jim Wyatt's. I okay, believe so that, you, I, you're a little bit more I, believable. I'm than more I believe. Am. I think it's more believable than the Titans trading to three. I think that the fact that they are interested in three is 100% five Jim Wyatt's. The fact that it is like likely to happen, I feel like it is very unlikely to happen because of the cost associated with going up to get the number three pick. So while I think the rumor is very believable, I think it is almost it just seems like it's a very low probability of taking place. Whereas I could see the Texans clearly passing on a quarterback and then using either 12th this year to move up and get their guy or using the two next year to get their guy. They, they, Will Anderson, it could be the cleanest, as they say, prospect on their board. And, listen, and there's a scenario where the Texans are like, I don't know. We'll just draft. A, maybe we'll trade back and we'll draft a Hinton hooker. Maybe we'll draft Hinton hooker at 12. I mean, that is also a possibility out there, you know, that people aren't, I think some people are kind of flirting with the idea, but not flirting with it in the sense that it could be the Texans could be that team. Instead, they're thinking like, oh, well, it's Minnesota or Seattle could be that team. I think there's a good likelihood that the Texans could be that team. So if if we if we do kind of believe it, three to four-ish Jim Wyatts on yes. the Texans passing on a quarterback, shouldn't that make us more interested in the Titans moving up to three, because then there's a higher probability that they get an even better player that they yeah, want. Yeah, that's why I kind of think you need to go ahead and just get it out of the way and do it if that's what you want to do. I, I don't I, think I, that you wait, because if you wait, then you're going to have to pay more. I mean, I just feel like if you, okay, if what we believe is true, right? Okay, in the scenario that the Texans pass on a quarterback and they take Will Anderson, the most complete player in the draft, they take Will Anderson. Then and it then you got it's one of CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. You may have both there. Like, what if the the Panthers end yep. up taking Anthony Richardson? That is a distinct possibility. 
the Arizona Cardinals are in no better spot than what they are right then and there. It is. I think that's why it's yeah. likely better to go ahead and do it now if they are for sure going to do it. Okay, I can, you, you can convince me. I, I I tend to agree because also having the pick now allows you to shop it if you want to as well. Yes. So like I just in in the in the case of emergency, I I kind of am convinced that I think doing it now is is the better move if that's what you've done. The, and you've evaluated the one that. the one bad thing about doing it now is that if the Texans indeed do not want a quarterback, someone could trade up in front of you. Ooh. You just created a market for that number two pick with the Houston Texans. You have so to like all three. In front of you. you have to like all you three. You have to like all three. Which I think we've said now for like four or five shows, yes. weeks before the rest of the world. All right, here's one. And I know you guys mentioned it on and talked about it on F1. I like that, though, that all these local people, by the way, they're all like, well, it's either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Well, no, there's the, the distinct third possibility that it is Bryce Young or CJ Stroud there. I think this... Everybody's now stuck in a mindset that it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, one and two. Doesn't matter what order they're in; they're both going one or two. Who, who, what have I been saying? I, I think Anthony Richards is going number one. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a distinct. I don't. I do not think you could count that and trust the smoke coming out about C.J. Stroud going number one overall. In fact, I would almost bet against it. Well, that it's C.J. Stroud. It was all Malik Willis to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All Malik Willis, all Malik Willis, all Malik Willis, and then they took Cody Pickett. So I, I think it's Richardson number one. I've been saying that. And I think to me, if, if, if it's even like close that Richardson could go number one, then that makes even more sense for the Titans to go up to number three. And as Sobro, Stoney Keeley says, to draft Tyler Scott at number three. Um, all right. So very interested one. to see Lance Zierlein's uh, mock draft that's coming out today. He kind of like pumped it up yesterday saying, you know, I've heard some stuff and I, this is my mock draft where I think this is what the teams want to do. Ooh. And I'm very, I keep refreshing waiting on this <laughs> mock draft. Um, okay. So real quickly, here's another rumor. Obviously you guys talked about it on F words. Go check out the entire conversation about a potential move to get Trey Lance, which sounded when you two talked about it, so good to be it's too good to be true. It, it, you get rid of Malik Willis, you don't have to give up draft capital and you get Trey Lance. Like I it doesn't make any sense to me that it's possible. You just have to give up some spots. Right. So so, so from a one Jim Wyatt to five Jim Wyatts, how real is a possibility that the Titans end up with Trey Lance as their uh, as their quarterback? I, I think it's a two just because I think what this guy is doing and what is failed to be comprehended by people that uh, are supposed to be able to read is uh, that he's taken the comments of what people said at the ownership meeting and says, and is saying, here's a possible trade scenario. And everybody's like, well, why would you trade for Malik? And it's, he's like, it's not about Malik. It's about getting going from a round three pick to a round two pick. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, and it's basically them saying that they're not going to trade. Uh, they, they're they're, they're going to start Brock Purdy They've right. signed Sam Darnold so they can have some flexibility in getting rid of Trey Lance um, if they want to. It's just it, he was basically taking two plausible scenarios and the relationships and tying it together. But I still say it's like two Jim Wyatts. Two Jim Wyatts. Okay, I like that. Um, I think it would be a great move for the Titans to 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 have a pick at eleven and to add a bunch of players and to get a young, far more talented player than Malik Willis to try to groom as your guy, I think that would be great. Um, Jason says Richardson is going number two as in second round. I'll get, I'll put some action down on that, Jason. Um, and, and we'll see. Do, <laughs> do not bet money on that, Jason. You will yeah, lose don't, money. Don't, 
they I'm telling you, these they love Anthony Richardson. Here's the other thing that I love about all of this stuff we're talking about. Rand Carthon went to Florida. Rand Carthon worked with D'Amico Ryans. Rand Carthon worked and helped draft Trey Lance. It's it's all tied together through all these weird, bizarre, you know, history. Like people are related in some way, shape, or form and have worked together and overlap and have stories. And I just I you love tend it. Okay. To make moves in circles that you're most comfortable navigating yeah. in. Yeah. So you don't think there's a text to D'Amico like, hey, y'all really gonna take a QB at two? <laughs> Good thing. I wouldn't I mean. Why would you not and don't try? forget Vrabel and Casario have some little history too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, here's another one. And by the way, go to Sinkers, of course. Sign up for the in crowd when you shop for liquor at the at Sinkers in East Nashville. Bluegrass, of course, up in Hendersonville as well. You'll have access to VIP allocations. That we got a draft party coming up on the 27th for the first round. We're going to put some really cool stuff together for you guys. It's going to all benefit our kids' charity. So courtesy of Sinkers there, we've got a, a limited supply amount of tickets that are going to be available coming up later on this week. We're going to sell those. All the money, again, going to charity. We're not trying to make a penny on any of you guys. We just want to have a really fun night. Sinkers wants to help provide that for you guys. Sign up for the in-crowd. Okay. You also get – yeah. Well, yeah. we got a little bit of news. So uh, about the, the, some clarification about the uh, trade-up. Okay. Uh, let me let's 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 tease that news and finish up. With an hour ago, and I missed it, so uh, I was playing <laughs> Halo. So, <laughs> um, okay. So, what was I talking about? Sinkers is great for you guys to shop for booze. That's that's basically what we're getting at here. Um, the in crowd is what you need to sign up for, and it's all kinds of cool stuff like distillery and brewery tours potentially. Um, there's some barrel pick options that they might take some listeners on a trip with them to make a barrel pick, which is freaking awesome. So make sure you go check that out. Sign up. We'll have a draft party and some tickets available coming up real soon. Uh, also, again, other location, Bluegrass and Hendersonville. Uh, Sinkers here in East Nashville. And then, of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Uh, make sure you talk to them. Before you make any big decisions about your house, just remember that name, the Kingston Group. They are a modeling firm. They will not do you wrong in an, in an environment right now in Nashville where you cannot trust anybody working on houses. Kingston Group is a name you absolutely can trust. My family uses them. Make sure you remember that name before you make any big decisions. How many Jim Wyatts? One to five Jim Wyatts, Zach, that the Indianapolis Colts will draft Will Levis. And how many Jim Wyatts, one to five, that the Indianapolis Colts won't take a quarterback? Uh, can you, do you make, can you make this round specific? <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. With the, with the fourth overall pick the or in the first round, they draft Will Levis. Uh, how many, how many Jim I believe, uh, that will be one Jim Wyatt. I do not believe it. All right. The Indianapolis Colts. I, but I want, I want to believe in five Jim Wyatt's if that makes you. <laughs> I understand exactly where you're coming from. The Colts do not take a quarterback in the first round. How many Jim uh, Whites? I, be I believe that is five Jim Whites. I don't. I don't think they're sold on any quarterbacks. Okay. All right. Any other any other rumors we need to put on the Jim Wyatt scale here? Okay. No, no. But here's what <laughs> Ian Rappaport said on the Pat McAfee show about these specific rumors. And of course, they used the A to Z Sports report and put that tweet up instead of my tweet that I had it first. Um. But anyway. <laughs> He says, I've not heard specifically the Tennessee is trying to move up to number three in the draft, but it would make sense. But he goes on to say, according to uh, artists formerly known as Derrick Henry Stiff Arm at TraviBird00, if I'm not mistaken, he, he elaborates on what Rappaport went on to say. He says, whenever Daniel Jeremiah says something like this, it's for a very good reason, and he's usually right. Okay. I, again, I think the I'm thinking about moving up to three from Rand Carthon is five Jim Wyatt's. The possibility of it happening, 
I'm more like in that two and a half Jim Wyatt range, if that makes sense. And anyone who's not listened to this entire conversation has no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> so this is why you tune in from the beginning. Yep. Uh, Jim Wyatt is the most trusted source of information here. So five Jim Wyatts is very trustworthy. One Jim Wyatt, not so much. <laughs> that's, yep. that's how this works. Um, okay. Uh, quickly, a couple of, we'll get to some SEC stuff and we'll get to some, uh, um, uh, there, you've got some nuggets here, and I don't. We're not going to go into whole full detail here. There are a couple of uh, signings also that the Titans made that I know you're excited about. But just what what from like a ten thousand foot view, new information about this salaries and information I've talked about in football and other efforts. This is completely new information from what I talked about in football and other efforts. I wrote a stack in the inbox.com. and what I wrote there was about when deposits have to be made for the escrow and how it's pushed off a year. This is tied into that, but this is not exactly what I'm talking about today. What I want to talk about is something that Pro Football Talk came out with on April 2nd. And this was the Browns supposedly were required to place $160 million in escrow by Friday, which is March 31st, which is a date that talked about stacking the inbox.com and on Football Under the Affords uh, latest episode. And Friday for the Deshaun Watson future guarantees. Did they? The specific language of the funding rule invites the question. And here is the specific language. And I have read this funding rule, and for whatever reason, I have glossed over this word. This is a huge thing. Section 9, funding of deferred and guaranteed contracts, a.k.a. the funding rule. The NFL may require that by a prescribed date, certain each club must deposit into a segregated account the future guaranteed money. May, not shall. That will right may that means that this opens up first off if the NFLPA had any fucking smart people running it and you can Taylor one can back me up on that one the few times that we've actually agreed on something about how shitty the NFLPA is it says may I'd be pushing that word all over the internet and in fact the NFLPA probably didn't even do anything with this information because that's huge because what this does is that if they decide, if Deshaun, the Browns are not forced by the NFL to have made them deposit that money into the account by March 31st and let it go on and trinkle into next year, which is a year past the deadline that's supposed to be, but they force whatever team signs the Ravens to instantly do it in that scheduled time frame, the normal scheduled time frame, that is, that is some collusion. That opens the door for collusion. Okay, so what you're saying is there's a deadline for about amount of money for fully guaranteed contracts to go into an escrow account. The NFL may tell a team right. to do it. But if they're saying to the Ravens that they have to do it for Lamar yes. Jackson's current or, or new or contract. Or any team has to do it for Lamar Jackson. Me meaning they're sort of enforcing the may now, right? Yeah. In instead right. of not enforcing it. So, because I because I read a bunch of stuff about Lamar over the weekend, and it kind of sometimes it makes my head hurt to think about. Like I I don't know if this is collusion, if this that if, if this particular that collusion particularly against Lamar Jackson. What we have established is that's collusion against fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. What this would do though is that if you're choosing one player to enforce it on and another player not to enforce it on, that's where the collusion really comes into play yeah. and you leave yourself open. So it's I, almost like you don't really have to follow the funding rule unless the NFL explicitly tells you. And if I'm you Tennessee think Titans, I'm taking advantage of that for Jeffrey Simmons. Don't you think that's too, con like, look, 
I feel like that's too complex and like how does how do like the the national media people get people to understand how how like it seems like a very complex issue to get the average fan super fired up and pissed off about to call it not collusion. this particular one because first off they already want to call it collusion Braden and it, I mean they they're already they're already in the collusion camp the, the majority of the uh, NFL fans just think that it's because he's he's Lamar Jackson and he's black. So they already think that they're colluding against Lamar Jackson when they're colluding against really technically all players and fully right. guaranteed contracts. Well, and, and I, my issue is what? Well, this would become the instance of if they're not going to make the Browns do it for Deshaun Watson, they make whatever team do it for Lamar Jackson. Why? They should yeah. have to come out and explain. Yeah. Yeah, I agree and if you're doing that, or if ownership is saying that you, they have to, which is not the true sense of the word, and maybe the NFL is telling owners you'll have to, then that opens the door. That opens you up to collusion, for real collusion, by yeah, and I would, the NFL. And, and, maybe and to, me, like, to me, like I understand that as being collusion towards a particular player or situation. Um, I, I, I agree with you that probably you're, you're right. Probably most people already think that, what, what's wrong with Lamar Jackson? I'm like, I could... First of all, I think Deshaun Watson is the far at their best. Deshaun Watson is the far better player, and the fact that he got a guaranteed contract after all the bullshit he pulled off in the off the field, it's hard for me to see the collusion thing, like from a casual stand, fan, fan standpoint. Because again, the guy with the sexual assaults, who's also black, just got a guaranteed contract. Yeah, whereas that's, that's where you're 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 giving a little too much faith to the intelligence of the casual. <laughs> maybe you're maybe right and maybe to jimmy haslam as well uh but i think what's interesting is I, I i've seen a lot of like really smart football people that i trust that i really read and i like that i enjoy say look this is just straight up collusion against lamar and i just am like no i just do i just wouldn't give the guy 250 million dollars guaranteed when when his legs could disappear in three years like i just i just think that's a risk i wouldn't take i think he's a great player but like, am, am I willing to do that? I don't know. And you know, yeah, Jimmy this, Haslam screwed up the market. I am you know, is that if the NFL forces the 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 teams to do something differently than they did the other one, then yep. there is something yep. to say. Not just in general, it's that it's this particular fact, this particular word can can leave you open for collusion if it's enforced in two different ways against the same position, the same color player, the, and in two wildly different circumstances. If this particular issue, this word, that's all there is to it. And it is and it is retribution to because of the guaranteed nature of Watson's contract. It's not retribution yeah. towards Lamar Jackson specifically. It's retribution towards the style of contract. It could, be if, if it could be if they want every player to have an agent and they don't also, want anybody to yeah. represent themselves. I, I guess that that's could something certainly, that's not being talked about is that if he gets paid a lot of money and he represents himself, what do you think that's going to start doing to the rest of the NFLPA and the <sighs> NFL players? Uh, it's it you know it reminds me of that time when Goodell had like the uh, was it the commissioner exempt list and he just like made up a list and he's like you're gonna go on it but you're not and you're gonna go on it but you're not and you're gonna go on it but just for a little while and it's just like he can kind of just there's no consistency there so that's what I I agree with you it's interesting that that could happen uh, but I think fans are gonna like it's just gonna come down to like oh why do you hate Lamar and it's not gonna be as understood like you said I'm, I'm giving them too much credit maybe for being too intelligent yeah. um okay so if casual you know fans are are basically what were tweeting about the uh the uh ncaa women's college finals yesterday 
Oh, okay. Do you want to get into? I that wouldn't now? even know if I'd be a casual fan. Can we, let's 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 quick talk about uh, the the tight end position quickly for the Titans. Just let's mention this because I know you and Mike had like you guys had your pants off and you were doing the whole show on Friday talking about Trayvon Wesco, a tight end who was essentially a top 10 run blocking tight end and a top 10 pass blocking tight end last year in the NFL, but isn't really used in the passing game because he's a glorified offensive lineman, but it means Jeff Swain is probably gone. Uh, and it means he is now packaged with uh Chigakonkwo, And now you have two of the three slots filled and maybe in theory, you might not need to draft a tight end potentially with the three guys you now have, Raider being the other guy. Um, so tell us all why uh, Trayvon Wesco is possibly orgasmic, to quote Mike Herndon. Because he's he's the best pass. He was the best option available, and he was probably the third best option when it comes to the Jeff Swaim role for the Tennessee Titans. Probably really the, the best option to replace the Jeff Swaim role, and you need that player. Does not matter that he's not particularly – he's faster than Jeff Swaim. But it doesn't matter that he it's isn't going to be like high. going. It's not like he's going to be going crazy catching passes. You're you weren't ever looking for Travis Kelsey. You weren't looking for George Kittle. You're not looking for um, I don't know, like Rob Gronkowski. Are you are you suggesting he, you can't get a Hall of Famer in the fourth week of free agency? Yeah. <laughs> what you were looking for this whole time in those guys you have in Chig. Chig is your pass catching tied in. He is the guy that you need. Is would it be nice to have Darnell Washington? Yes. Payne Durham? Yes. Sam Laporta? Yes. Those guys are all still on the table with Trevon Wesco, but you need a guy that comes in, is a nasty blocker, young, cheap, and he's not Jeff Swain. <laughs> That's all that matters to me is that he's not Jeff Swain. For the artist formerly known as Craig Stevens. Which yeah. who was who was a very good tight end uh, out of Cal, by the way. Who I think was a wasn't he a Pro Bowler uh, for just being a great blocker? <laughs> I feel like he got up something close to that. Uh, Craig uh, yeah, Stevens he, was awesome. Yeah, he's a hell of a blocker. Uh, one of the best blocking tight ends I've ever seen. So Trayvon Wesco is an addition to the Titans' offense that fills a need that's not very expensive, and it does give them a little bit more flexibility. Much like everything else they've done this offseason, it gives them a little bit of flexibility in terms of they are not now forced to try to maybe go get a tight end in the draft early. And maybe they can wait on somebody in that, that, that third, fourth, fifth round range uh, to get their tight end. They, they're not necessarily as desperate at that position. So again, he was a top 10 run blocking tight end last year, a top 10 pass blocking tight end last year. He is going to play alongside. And he's either, not Jeff Swain. And he's not, he's, he's, which is a big one for Zach. <laughs> it's it's massive. Zach. I am just so happy that he's not going to be here. I wish they could have done that with the Nick Westbrook Kine role, but it is what it is. Uh, they did bring back Corey Levin, of course, uh, who gives them a backstop for Aaron Brewer at at center. Aaron Brewer guard. and Pierre Tarper be signing those little tenders. So the key there is they're they're offered the, the money. They've got to sign it. If they don't sign it, what happens, Zach? Uh, the Titans can rescind it at any point. <laughs> I mean, like they could just take it away from and say, good luck now. You're you're gonna have to wait till after the draft to have any kind of money, and your market's probably gonna be dried up after that. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace yeah. out. And that's the old let let Nick Westbrook Akina hit the market. I, if I were the Titans, I would have already rescinded Aaron Brewer's um uh, they must tag. love him. They must love him. I would have already rescinded if I got Corey Levin back on cheap. You want to talk about sportsmanship here for a second? We you want to talk about this? All right, let's talk about some sportsmanship here. So congratulations, by the way, to the LSU Lady Tigers, who won the national championship. Uh, congratulations to Caitlin Clark, one of the, 
best players of our generation who beat South Carolina women's basketball. This is all women's basketball, not the not the men's basketball tournament in which the SEC pooped on itself. Um, but the women's basketball tournament, which had the highest TV ratings of all time in the history of the event, because Caitlin Clark for Iowa beat South Carolina. Then they go up against LSU with Kim Mulkey, who is got a lot of Coach K vibes because she gets away with whatever she wants on the court, but also a lot of just like Dolly Parton vibes too, <laughs> like just a, just a rock star. Um, but of course, the news is not Kim Mulkey and LSU winning a championship, how great the ratings were, how interested America was in women's sport. That's not the story. The story is a hand gesture or two by Angel Reese, who is uh, uh, one of the smartest and savviest NIL college athletes I have ever seen. We'll explain in a minute. Uh, Bayou Barbie is her nickname. And she did a little shit talking at the end of the game without even opening her mouth. And Twitter, of course, lost its ever-loving mind. Um, all the pearl clutchers, all the old white men are screaming down their people white on men, Twitter. White women. White, white women. It just, white it's kids. Just, just old, old, old Ultra people. End. Just like, I don't, I guess you need to see the video. We're not going to play it. It's not that big a deal. In fact, I think there's a video of Angel Reese who plays for LSU and Caitlin Clark, like doing like a joint, like fooling, fooling around before the final four with like some of the, the, the things that they do on the court that are personality driven. Uh, we'll get to like how this, what do we, what do we expect out of our athletes? Like I have, I'm a father of two daughters and I think there can be some taunting that is inappropriate. This wasn't that. And I would call Bayou Barbie a role model and, and Caitlin Clark a role model for, for my daughters. I have no problem with what happened at the end of the game. Uh, if you're going to win the national championship by beating the best player of our generation, talk a little shit. I'm good with it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think it's ridiculous. Now, listen, before I get into this conversation, because I know there are people that have been in my mentions have been on Twitter. Listen, if, if you are against all taunting and you're a fuddy-duddy, and it doesn't matter. You hate celebrations. You hate finger wags. You hate the little tiny, small thing that people do now. Like, you, oh, you're way down here. You're small. The bat flip. Um, bat like flip when baseball. Like, yeah, bat flip in baseball. You know, when Traylon Burks got up and, you know, shoved uh, his hand down in, in Jair Alexander's face and did that. Listen, if you, if you hate all of it equally, then what I'm about to say does not pertain to you. You're just <laughs> a boring old fuddy-duddy. I, I love that you said that. Yeah, you're you're just boring. Okay, grow up. Anyway, have some fun. You may have not even played any sports. Maybe that's you may, maybe that's your problem. It, I so, played. So, so what you're saying is consistency. You're fine with if you're just yes. a boring old person who's consistently boring and old. You can be we're, boring we're, and young. Listen, there are boring okay. and young people too. That that there <laughs> there are people in their 30s, people in their 20s who are boring as well. It's not just this, just not your generation. It's, it's, you know, us younger people too. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. So, <laughs> but if, if this particular instance got on your nerves and you hated it, then you are no better than the Tennessee woman, Rosemary Plorin of Nashville, Tennessee, who rode into the Charlotte Observer, who everybody constantly makes fun of because <laughs> she's upset that Cam Newton danced in the end zone and, and did his taunt <laughs> that he always does because the Tennessee Titans sucked and couldn't stop him. So you are that person. And I think that people are using code words like classless and classy. 
obviously code code words. I had someone in my mentions call her a trashy twit and a uh oh fuck there was something that, else that, tra- that trashy Maybe twit that that trashy twit is a wicked smart marketer who's making a yeah. lot of money as a college student. <laughs> and it's like, oh, do you think she's going to sell, uh, uh, put butts in seats with that kind of attitude? That's uh-huh. not her fucking job anyway. Her fucking job is to go out there and win championships and, and make money for herself. Her job is not to make sure that, you know, Billy Bob and his three, his, you know, three ex-wives and five kids from each ex-wife are <laughs> all coming to the game down in Louisiana. That's not her job. Her I, job. I, go ahead. She is. It is her job. I, in the I, profession- I should have asked if I could get through this without interruption. Sorry, my bad. I, I will say it is her job in the professional ranks to put butts in seats. The difference is, is it's not the butts that are complaining. It's yes. the butts that enjoy that shit. It's the people that like watching people have fun. It's the people that enjoy personality. Heaven forbid somebody have some personality while they are playing a sport that is a fucking game. I am a trash talker through and through. If if you do do not like this, but you enjoy Michael Jordan, guess what? You're a hypocrite. If you like, if you don't like this, and yep, Larry Bird, generational trash talker, Larry Bird. There is an article written about Larry Bird's this on Athletic.com, specifically about that. The 30 for 30, ESPN's 30 for 30 with Michael Jordan that everybody watched and everybody enjoyed. He was still trash talking people in his, whatever old he is in his, in his, right there. And you enjoyed it. If you've ever liked or retweeted the picture or video of Taylor Lewan going up to seek, going up and seeking out Josh Norman way after the game is over to do the arrow taunt after they have won and you liked or retweeted or watched or laughed at that tweet and you hate this, you're a fucking hypocrite and you got some issues that you need to work through because this runs deeper than this. Because let me tell you something. If you think that, Oh, you should act like you've been there before. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Taylor Lewan should all have acted like they've been there before too. If you, again, if you think that all those guys should have never trash talk trash, this is not for you. If you're a fucking hypocrite, this is for you. If you are a Taylor Lewan supporter through and through, if you're one of his little bussers, bus mouse guys, or whatever they call them, like bus rats, if you're a bus rat and, and you love busting with the boys and you love everything about Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, Taylor Lewan built his brand on being a bad boy on the field to talk trash to refs, to talk trash to other players, that talk that went out of his way to talk trash constantly. He still does that. Give me a fucking break. And Keith Oberman, I've lost all oh, fucking wow. respect for Keith Oberman. Yeah, I'm with you on this that, Some of this stuff, I'm sorry. And this, again, this does not pertain to everybody that is against whatever, uh, against Angel Reese and what she did. Yeah, uh, it's, it's some racism, sexism blatantly out there, and I'm sick of it. And I don't care who unfollows me. Unfollow me. Same thing with is I'm just I don't I'm not here for for your entertainment. If if you if you are offended by what I am saying or you disagree, but you cannot support NFL football like Taylor Lewan has done and be happy with it and retweet and like everything he does and turn around and shit on Angel Reese, which is un, which is just fucking ridiculous. 
So one of my Michaela favorite videos. Clark, all fucking tournament. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. One of my favorite parts is that they were showing the national championship recap and like Angel's talking about how like I felt disrespected, so I got in her face a little bit. But then they flashed to sat to Saturday or uh, Friday's game where Iowa Caitlin Clark has an extraordinary game against undefeated South Carolina, and South Carolina. One of the big one of the the, the post players has the ball like up, above the arc, and Caitlin Clark just goes like, nah. Like yeah, I'm not she even gonna. Like she's like I'm not. I'm not even gonna check you because you're not gonna shoot it. And that's like trash talking in the middle of a play. Like that's what that's Larry Bird. That's Michael Jordan. That's what that is. What about like NFL celebrations were allowed recently for turnovers and touchdowns? That that what is that's just people having fun celebrating accomplishment on the field. Now I do think, and I agree with you. We did not talk about what we were going to. Hey, say listen. About- after a sack, Jeffrey Simmons can't do his flexing anymore. Oh, man. Hey, oh, don't forget know, when the t- Tennessee, everybody loved it when the Tennessee Titans were on the Ravens uh, uh, logo doing their trash talking before the game even fucking started. And no, hey, I, Kevin Byard went on the Dallas Star. Oh, everybody loved that. No, we, this is, and it's funny you said how, what you said, because my whole, my entire <laughs> spiel on this was going to be co- consistency. If you are a person who doesn't like bat flips, who doesn't like NFL celebrations after touchdowns, who doesn't like, you know anything at all like that? Like Steph Curry does it all the time with the little shimmy and like like the like if you don't like any of that stuff because you're just sort of like a lowercase C conservative. You don't you're not listening to this show because you probably don't like the word fuck. Like that's fine. It's okay to just for us all to have different standards of what we want to enjoy and and be about, but apply it consistently across all things. And that that was going to be my take on all of this, which is basically what you're saying. And I, so to me, for example, like again. I think if a if a safety to cat like when Traylon Burks got hit in the end zone by the Eagles, if the Eagle player is standing over an unconscious player, like looking down, talking shit to him, I might be willing to say, like, I don't know about that moment is the right moment to celebrate somebody being injured. And maybe right. you don't that's need, never cool. And, and like as was even it, as a competitor. Who was the uh shit, I'm drawing a blank on on who uh was celebrating the sack after the fact on the sideline when the player got the quarterback got injured this year. Why am I drawing a total blank on, on the both players? I can't remember. Um, somebody was on the sideline, basically, you know, still celebrating after the guy was the quarterback was laying on the field. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, it, it, there, there's a, there's a, there's a certain level of like, if a player's injured, okay, let's draw a line there. Um, but like in, in college football, if you're a Gator fan and you do the Gator chomp, it, it, that's okay, right? You can do that. Hi, Tim Tebow did it at like every three seconds. If you're a, you're a Texas Longhorn fan, you're going horns up. Like a, a college teams have all kinds of gestures, the tomahawk chop, right? Like there's a million gestures. But if the other team does it, then it's taunting. What are we doing here? Like I don't I, like I don't understand the right other than injuries. I don't understand taking the personality out of sports. I, I just never have never understood it. Sports so. just aren't for people. And, and listen, the majority of, I would say about 90% of the people that are against uh, Angel Reese and have jumped in this conversation, either mainstream or not, didn't fucking watch one bit of the game. Didn't watch <laughs> the tournament at all. Right. right. Have never watched. A, a, and listen, I only know that Caitlin Clark was doing stuff because it was all over Twitter and everybody was talking about it. So specifically why I chose to watch this game was because of this Caitlin Clark phenomena. And, and I, if it wasn't for the trash talking, if it was just Caitlin Clark putting up 30 points a game, I wouldn't have watched this game. 
I came for the trash talking specifically. So for those people who say this will not generate ratings, if Caitlin Clark and LSU get it to get to the tournament again next year, guess what? It's going to be awesome. And Angel Reese is just a fucking sophomore, by the way. Dude, like she she's is. not, she's not like some fifty-year-old woman. <laughs> like, it, it, was, it was, it was, uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was the the player who was still he celebrated on the field in the moment. I give him a pass for that because he doesn't know maybe that the quarterback's hurt. But once you go to the sideline and you've still seen like the medical team rush out there to take care of the quarterback, that's when you kind of need to maybe slow down and just be concerned about the situation. But I agree with you. The story today should not be about right and wrong on taunting or like the story should be that this was the most successful women's basketball tournament in the history of the sport and that more people watched it than ever before. And that the interest in women's sports in this country is skyrocketing. That is the real story. That is the actual piece of news coming out of this. Uh, like we can debate Iowa got some calls and Kim Mulkey's outfits are weird. Like we can have, those are like normal sports debates. But Again, when, another reason to tune in is the personality of right. uh, Mulkey, who's dressing like Macho Man over there every and, new, new robe and new uh, jackets and all this kind of stuff. And, and if you if you're and if she's on your team, you love her, and if she's not on your team, you don't like her. Like that's that's she's a, there's some villain there, which is great. That's a great part of sports. Again, Angel Reese also uh, one of the most proficient NIL athletes in any sport. She's the highest paid female, I believe, in all of basketball. She has more endorsement deals as a college athlete than any, but than almost all. I think. I think there was she's got 17 NIL deals, which makes her an extraordinary business person on top of being a great basketball player. And so absolutely that person is a role model for my daughters. I I, you I know don't who's know, not a role model? Dave Portnoy. Calling a sophomore <laughs> lady, a girl who's probably what, like 19 if you're a sophomore in college, a classless piece of shit. Hmm. If you are a supporter of Barstool and uh, everything they do, you're a stoolie. I don't want you to listen to my stuff. I, I'm sorry. I just uh, this, this well, but he has such a ridiculous. but he has such a positive track record, positive upstanding yeah. track record with treatment of women. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's quickly change the subject then, <laughs> and ended it on a ended on a more interesting and thoughtful note. Go to Sinkers, of course. Go to the Kingston Group. We do appreciate it. Let people have fun playing sports. Okay. Just let kid let let young people. Have I, fun. I would almost say you should let people have fun with their rankings. <sighs> God, you did. You did. You even put it in the title, didn't you? You even yeah. put it in the title. Thanks, uh, Sinkers, Blaine. Sinkers Beverages, of course. Uh, wonderful place to go get some drinks. Sign up for the in crowd. They'll give you VIP access to allocations, uh, all kinds of special events. We got some tickets for the draft party coming up, so make sure you go sign up there. Uh, really beautiful, spacious store. Bluegrass in Hendersonville, Sinkers in East Nashville. Those are your two liquor stores. And by the way, Uber Eats. Search Sinkers. Have the booze delivered directly to your house, Zach. They drive so you can drink. There you go. Uh, so there you go. Sinkers on the, the the apps there. Just search for Sinkers, and they'll have the booth delivered right to your house. Kingston Group, of course, buildkg.com as well. So this is where you get – this is the time of year where you get all kinds of rankings out there. Like, oh, who's the best program in the country? Who's the best coach? What's the best job? It's all kinds of rankings. It's what, what we do in college football around this time of year. Um, and, and I just – I think – people kind of sometimes miss the boat on the rankings. Now, some of it's designed to get clicks and to get traffic, and we know that, right? It's to drive, to get people outraged. They've got Texas A&M as the 13th best job in the SEC. That's designed to get clicks. That's not a real ranking. So what I think is important here, Zach, is to define what makes a job or a program great. That'd be a pretty easy thing to do, I think, at the start of this. Okay, so what, though, what 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 is your give me your top five criteria of what is important in order 
to make an SEC program great? I'm glad you asked, Zach. It is two things that uh, eventually I need five. I need eventually five. it I all. Five. I'll get to five, maybe, but it eventually all lands into two buckets. Um, okay. And if you have these two things, you have what I call national championship DNA. DNA is something that you cannot change. You can't change it. It can mildly evolve very slowly over time, but you cannot change it. And those two things in college football are unlimited resources and access to talent. Those are the two things. Are you geographically located? I really thought thought one of them was going to be hot dogs. (laughs) Well, selling liquor (laughs) at your stadium could be be number three. But again, that that may fall into uh, unlimited resources. Do you have unlimited resources? And there are about 15 to 20 schools in all of college football in every conference that have the best of those two things. Access to players, which is geography, six-hour radius around your campus, and unlimited resources, which is fan support, dollars, boosters, budgets, all that kind of stuff, right? Are you willing to pay your coach $9 million a year? Do you have 100,000 people in the stands? Do you have boosters that are willing to drop off bags for players that want to go to your school? Like all that stuff, right? And those are the two things. And there are only, again, 15 to 18 of those programs in America that have those two things. And guess what? They've won almost every single national championship since 1992. In fact, I think they've won every single national championship since 1992. And if you're looking at Tennessee, for example, it may not look like they have those two things because they've hired a bunch of shitty people to do terrible jobs for like 15 years. And, and it, But it doesn't change the DNA of Tennessee's program right? Like they have unlimited resources and access to players. So I don't know if you would vote Georgia one in the SEC. If you'd vote Bama one, I'm okay with both of those. Texas is probably in this conversation when they join the league because they have the best of both of those things, (laughs) unlimited resources and access to players. A&M is better than people think because of that. Tennessee's better than people think because of that. So at what point do results having those things and shifting them into results matter in your rankings like where in that process does that matter because alabama and georgia both have now started have done this for now years and years and have results to show for it texas has what you say i agree with they have great access to players unlimited resources but have done shit with it uh national i mean they've been to two national titles in the last 20 years so that's i mean that, that's i mean like a, come up we're it's last not a 20 lot. years i mean do we gotta stretch it to 20 years well, i feel like I feel like at some point we have to be a little bit more recent with our analysis or I guess not analysis, not the right word, but more recent with our rankings and the success by the team. I, I think that's true uh, to a point. I mean, given, I also- cre- given the Texas state now credit for Vince Young's uh, title, that doesn't seem right anymore. But it's what like, is- okay, you got it, but like that doesn't matter now. See, and that's where I would disagree. I think you actually have to go long. I think you need like 60 years. Like, you need to, well, because you're asking, like, how, when does the results matter? And I would say, over a very long period of time, you need to have proof of concept. So, like, if you've won, they lost proof of concept, right? I mean, like, don't you lose proof of concept Mm -hmm. now? So, be, so just by the way, what you're saying is, is that because they won with Vince Young, have never been back since, (laughs) they still have their cons, their proof of concept still good. Even I, I think, the results aren't there. That doesn't make I think any sense. It, no, it's about 
have you won national championships and competed at that level in various eras of rules, right? So like the rules in the thirties were different. The rules in the sixties were different. The rules in the eighties were different. The rules in the nineties were different. And now we've got the championship game era starting in 98 with the internet and all kinds of stuff. Some things have changed like population trend, for example, right? More people have moved from Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan down to the Sun Belt, which actually hurts the value of Michigan, Notre Dame, and Penn State's program because they don't have as many Frankly, look at Pennsylvania and the manufacturing jobs that have like left that state that reduced the amount of talent that was close to Penn State and Pittsburgh. And it's partly why they haven't won a damn thing in 60 years or since I should say 40 years since since the mid 80s. But Texas is not any different in 2005 than they are today in terms of their ability to win. If you hire shitty coaches, you're going to have a shitty football team (laughs) like that's. Tennessee is the exact example of this. Like if you hire Jeremy Pruitt every time and you hire a bad athletic director every time, those things change. What doesn't change is a hundred thousand people going to Neyland stadium who are obsessed with football. They have unlimited amounts of dollars to spend on it. And a six hour radius around Knoxville that is way better than people realize in terms of producing NFL and high level college football players. Geography never changes and resources never change. No, look, Alabama had their couple bad years, right? Where they hired a couple bad coaches and they were bad <laughs> for a couple years. Uh, they had a guy who got fired at a strip club. You know, they, they, they had Mike Shula. They had Mike DeBose. Like they had their little bad chunk. It wasn't as bad as everybody else's. But the, the key is you're not immune to bad decision making, but you have to have the DNA underneath to make it count, right? Like, like when you do get the right guy, can you win? Like USC's got national title DNA. I, I think Nebraska does not anymore because they don't have the players. There's nobody there within link within six hours of Lincoln, Nebraska. So Oklahoma is going to be a fascinating case study when they join the SEC because they don't have as good a recruiting base as LSU or Auburn or Alabama or even Tennessee or Florida or Georgia or Texas or Texas A&M. So where does Oklahoma rank? Are they seventh, eighth, ninth? 10th in the sec i i think it's they've got a lot of resources they have pretty good access to players but they've been winning a lot of titles in a different league and when you change leagues that does change your dna a little bit to some but degree it doesn't affect texas no i think it does i, I just think they're the they're worth 1.1 billion dollars of the most valuable franchise in all of college athletics they have the best state one of the best two or three states for talent in in america they have they do not have alignment the way Alabama and Georgia do when you don't have alignment too many cooks in the kitchen can mess up your program real easy. Like that's what Auburn is just lives in that state. (laughs) Auburn is just too many cooks. in the. This was Tennessee's problem for 15 years. It wasn't the brand. It wasn't the fans. It wasn't the program. It was, they had a bad athletic director with bad coat, hiring bad coaches and a bad chancellor that was not running things appropriately. Now they have Dondi Plowman, Danny white and, and Josh Heupel, and guess what's happened? They're starting to realize their potential again. The poten- I guess the thing is the potential doesn't change over time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. So, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The potential doesn't, but the results should matter more than potential. Like, I would rank Alabama, I would rank Alabama and Georgia and Texas 1, 2, and 3 in the SEC. I would probably rank LSU so They're not Florida. really power rankings. You're just ranking... These are really nice places to go to if you're a college student. No, how about this? Let's call it the Nick Saban test. If I put okay. Nick Saban, if I put Nick Saban at all 16 programs in the SEC, like let's say peak Nick Saban, like early young Nick Saban. Will instantly 
like who, which, win, who yeah. wins the fastest? And I think it's Bama, Georgia, Texas are the top three. I I, I could get on board with this. This then the I'd probably team. go LSU and Florida would probably be the next two. Yeah. Then I would go Tennessee, Auburn, Texas A and M. Because Auburn can win yeah. national championships with Gene Chizik. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but they also had Cam Newton, which was like, that's a little bit different. That, that's like a once-in-a-lifetime generational kind of player. Gu- but I Gus- will say this. In Florida, if, if Nick Saban had Anthony Richardson in Florida last year, they probably would have been a lot better. <laughs> that, valid. Uh, I think that's the cutoff. Is the, there's, yeah. the, there's, oh, 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 sorry, Oklahoma would be in there with LSU and Florida probably. And then it would be Tennessee, Auburn, A&M. And then after that is probably Arkansas and South Carolina. Again, 80, 75, 80,000 strong, lots of money. Their their access to players is not as good, but it's close. They South Carolina just doesn't have the proof of concept, frankly. Like they have not shown that they can win SEC East divisions. They've won one time. They've had four winning 10-win seasons. Arkansas has won national titles. It was just before integration. <laughs> so, gotcha. so I don't know if that counts. Um, Vanderbilt, of course, is last in the SEC, unfortunately, uh, not for lack of any of those two things they just just too too smart too smart of school <laughs> too smart too smart of school um i don't know the other ones are tough to decide kentucky missouri you know, Ole miss mississippi state those are all they're all kind of in that that next tier down but i i think what's important is when you see programs to not rank last year's football team because the coach can get fired the ad could leave all that stuff is is transient you, you don't rank it based on the current roster. You rank based on long-term body of work and success and things that are deeply ingrained in your program. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it's about money and geography. If you've got money and geography and you hire the right people, you'll win. It, it, just ask <laughs> again, Nebraska's dealing with this. Notre Dame's dealing with this. These programs in the North that don't have players, they got lots of money, but they don't have access to players. That's why Brian Kelly went to LSU. Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's it. Uh, okay, so when you see the when you see the rankings in the list, just remember don't 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 overreact to to last season or even the last five years or ten years. It needs to be more a longer a longer picture. Is that too much explaining, or is that just normal smart stuff? No, I think that's good. All right, there you go. Uh, on a scale of one to five, Jim Wyatt's, how did I do? I think you did five, Jim Wyatt's. All right, and now I can leave happy today. Uh, one, one question for you though. Jalen Carter is not taking any, um, top visits for any teams outside of the top 10. Where are you at on Jalen Carter right now? Because that to me, I am just done. Like I do not want Jalen Carter anywhere on this team. I don't care the talent. So that was, that's like his agent saying, we're not going to visit anybody outside the top 10 is what he's saying. Right, which means yeah. uh, he must be very confident that he's going to go in the top that's what ten. That's what, they, that's what he said. I saw. I, I think I saw a Warren Sharp mock draft today that had him at five to Seattle. Uh, he is a really good football player if he's a really good football player. But I don't. How do you know? Yeah. You better. You better have some really good psychological evaluations. Yeah, like you. You better have. You know Harrison Ford from Shrinking, or like Tony Soprano's uh, doctor in there. Like you better have somebody in there talking to him to figure out exactly where his head's at and how much he cares. And you better feel real good about the results you got. Pretty crazy, pretty pretty dumb on his part. I feel like I I can't I can't I can't get behind signing him either. But man, what happens when he goes to thirteen and he ends up just being a 
12 year all pro. <laughs> that, that paycheck motivates people now, man. You never know. All right. Uh, special thanks to Sinkers and Kingston Group. Substack, of course. Uh, Stackingtheinbox.com is the website for all Zach's work there. Football and other F-words, all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network. Thank you guys all uh, for chiming in, showing up, and hanging out with us every single Monday and Thursday at 1 p.m. We do appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell one person about the show. Hey, we got this you know, ridiculous show that talks about the Titans all the time, twice a week. Uh, it's called a football show from the 440 Sports Network. Just go tell somebody about it. That's all we ask. For Zach, I'm Braden. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks for hanging out.